This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Good morning and welcome to episode number 111 of Go To Grandma, originally airing on Zoomer Radio on Saturday, September the 23rd, 2023. I'm your go-to grandma, Kathy Buckworth, and today we have two inspiring and insightful grandparents on the show, sharing their knowledge and experiences, as well as our always informational Take 5 with RBC interview. Do you know what best before means? No, I'm not talking about our own personal best before dates, I don't believe in that, but best before or expiry dates on food. Can potato chips really expire? If you eat something after its best before date, will it make you sick? Food waste is a huge issue in Canada, and food expert and author of 21 cookbooks and grandma, Rose Reisman, is back on the show to tell us what those terms really mean and how long you can go beyond best before with different types of food. Engaging with our grandchildren in the kitchen is something grandparents love to do, but engaging with them in community involvement and volunteerism is something we should do as well. Peter Van Dyke is the granddad of two, and he shares his own active involvement in the community of Burlington with them every chance he gets. Today, he's going to share the work he's doing with Halton Women's Place and tell us how we can get involved with that initiative as well as others with our own grandchildren. And on our Take 5 with RBC interview, we get their latest economic outlook. What's ahead, according to the experts? You'll find out. What's ahead for me is pouring milk into my coffee as I get ready to share some fun and facts with you, as usual, on this week's Go-To Grandma. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and Rose Reisman is up first. Rose Reisman is the author of 21 cookbooks. She's a caterer, a nutritionist, and of course, a social media influencer. Good morning, Rose. Thanks for coming back on GoTo Grandma to talk about this very important topic today. Hi, Kathy. Great to talk about for sure. Oh my gosh. So best before dates, expiry dates. It's so confusing, Rose. Yeah. We don't want to throw away good food, but we also don't want to you know, eat things that are bad for us. So tell me, right. what are some of the categories of foods that we should know about when these, these terms are used? Well, first of all, we should know just some, some facts. Sure. 50% of food is being tossed today. And when we talk about best before dates, you know, my kids are grown. They all come into my refrigerator and see anything to date on it and then toss it. <laughs> and I keep telling them that's not right. So there's certain foods that do have expiry dates. For instance, infant formula, mm-hmm. meal replacements. Those are the ones you have to adhere to. Everything else has got different categories. So we're tossing out too much food. It's really not necessary. Um, You know, the best before date, all that indicates is the peak quality. So we're talking about flavor, texture, and taste. Not that it's going bad. So for every uh, area, there's something different. So for eggs, you have three to five weeks Mm -hmm. if they're refrigerated, which we all do, before you have to even consider tossing them out. Yogurt, and I'm talking about unopened yogurt, you have two weeks past what the date says. Really? And then once it's opened, you know, you have a few days, but that's when you use, you know, the smell and the taste, and if there's any mold of natural, you throw it out. Milk, within a week, once it's opened, you have to toss it. Butter, within three months, especially if you refrigerate it or freeze it, you can keep it for a year. 
bacon unopened about two weeks. Once it's opened, maybe one week. So when you get to certain foods like cold cuts, you want to be a little more careful. They might get slimy. They might get a little bit of mold. So I'd say max is a week. With some cold cuts, you might be looking at just a few days. Depends how many additives there are, you know, in it and how much salt there is. So uh, cold cuts, again, if it's packaged, eat within two weeks. And again, maybe three to five days once they're opened. And you're talking about days after the best before date. Yes. Right. Not yes. not in total when you put it in your fridge, but if your best before date is, say, September the 30th, two weeks after that for some exactly. of these products. Perfect. Exactly. Okay. And then you're really lucky on anything that goes in a pantry, like canned foods, box foods. You've got six months to a year. And honestly, even then... You know, we all go into our pantry and find things for three years later, and we mm-hmm. go, oh, my God, and my, my kids will look at the expiry date. <laughs> it's still fine to use. It may not be the greatest quality or, or taste or texture, but it's not going to kill you. So people really get fixated on these dates, and I think we have to loosen up a little bit, so much so that there's so much ways that the government is reconsidering how they're going to post this or if they're going to even eliminate, which will drive people crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and <laughs> yep. perhaps just have some kind of expiry date on it saying toss it out by this time. So where do you think this confusion came from? I'll admit, I'm 60 as a kid. I don't remember. Did they exist then? And where did all these dates come from? And why are we so confused? I, I think we always saw these on the bottom of cans and we never knew what it meant. <laughs> yeah. And now the next generations are definitely looking at this. They're very frightful of getting, you know, sick or food poisoning. And they somehow have thought that if it says expiry, you're going you're gonna to get food poisoning from it. And I think there's this confusion that the government really hasn't set up in terms of making this all mandatory for Mm -hmm. products, not explaining to consumers what it means. So the government's in a bit of a bind now because how do you explain this in a line? You know, you can't, people aren't going to read pages of this. How do you let people know that it's still good after this? I mean, you know, I think some kind of labeling, perhaps on dairy, on cold cuts, something should be there to say, you know, expiry date, this date still good unopened after this date, but you know who am I to know whether the government's right. going to do this? Right, and and I think you know I could be wrong, but my interpretation is sort of that for the food manufacturers, of course, this works to their benefit. Absolutely, oh my goodness, for sure. Because we're throwing away things and then buying the new one, right? Right, right, yeah. right, 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 right. So yeah, I mean they love it, you know, and and I know my daughters have thrown away yogurts in my fridge that were perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. You know, they opened it; it smelled good. But when they saw the expiry date and the fact that it was open, they weren't sure how long it was opened in my refrigerator. And I'd love to know if, you know, if other people had mm-hmm. the same thing with their children. Oh, I do. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like we're absolutely. not dead. <laughs> no, absolutely. And my husband found a package of Kraft Dinner at our cottage that was five years old. I believe it. And my kids were like, oh, my, oh, you can't you can't eat that. And he, he ate it, just to prove a point. Yeah. And he's fine. He he's lived fine. to tell the tale. The milk that he used was not five years old. So right. he's exactly. fine. <laughs> it's powdered. And that's why these foods, you know, they're preservatives. There's chemicals to keep them like that. I mean. And and no one gets sick. So, you know, anything open like jams or jellies, naturally you want to look because mm-hmm. remember, there's always contamination if you're using the same knife to spread your peanut butter and then putting it right. back in there. But in the pantry, they say a year. Honestly, I've had jams or jellies that I opened two years later that were fine. So how, how can you tell? You've mentioned a few key ones here. So how can we tell, for instance, I assume it's a lot of smell in terms of yeah, how can we tell when yeah. things are off, like things like egg and, you know, right. <laughs> chunky milk and stuff yeah, like that? For sure. And then visuals. Look yeah. at it. You know, if the texture looks off, 
off, you know, even though it may not smell, chances are it's past its its point. Um, if naturally, if there's mold, you know, if you open mm-hmm. something up, you see some mold, don't scoop it off the top. I would toss it at that point. Um, and then smell for sure. If it smells a little funky, chances are it's it's not gonna it's still not gonna hurt you or kill you, but it's just not going to taste that good. You know, at times I've had you know yogurt's a funny one because it's always got that mm-hmm. sour that's right flavor. But you know, sometimes I'll taste it and I'll say, is it okay? But I don't get sick from it. Like that, it, it's a mold you really want to look for, and the swelling, of course, of the container. If a uh, container gets swollen, like I bought some burrata cheese the other day, and it was only um, a couple days after the expiry date. But but you know, my my when I my readings tell me that soft cheeses will start to go bad just two days after expiry. And sure enough, it, the container was bloated. I opened it up, and my husband said, I will try it. And he just said, it just tastes a little right. a- acidic. It's good to have but, him to try things. Yeah, my husband tries not, things, not too. Not me, and yeah. not the dog. Exactly. I've always heard, also, Rose, that dented cans aren't good. Is that a myth, or is that actually, can that be true? No, dented cans are fine. What you want to be careful of are swollen cans, Okay. where botulism can be in. I mean, sometimes a can, you know, a can in my pantry falls, it gets dented, mm-hmm. it's absolutely fine to use. Okay, that's good to know, actually, because yeah. I always thought maybe, I've heard maybe rust forms or some weird thing right inside well, the can. And, and look at it, if you start to see that on the can, toss mm-hmm. it out. But if it's just a dent because chances are it was mishandled, it's it, that's not going to hurt you. What about, just quickly, things that we can freeze that we might not think of freezing to extend the life? Oh, yeah, like I freeze my butter, um, I freeze my ricotta cheese, because I love ricotta cheese, but often when I use it, either for a dessert or a pasta, I only use a small amount. Right. I freeze it. It's great, and I wouldn't eat it fresh, but I'd use it in baking or cooking. So, oh my goodness, you can freeze so many, so many things. My butter, you know, yogurt, I don't know, I like fresh yogurt mm-hmm. more so, but absolutely bacon you can freeze. Mm-hmm. The cold cuts you can freeze. It won't have the same taste and texture, but oh my goodness, I freeze so many things. And even grains, if you don't want to keep grains in your pantry, put them in the freezer. Yep. If you buy in bulk, put them in the freezer. It's great. I do that too with bagels and bread yeah. and that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, bread it in the really freezer extends is great. It. And cheeses. So, Kathy, cheeses are great. I'll grate them. Um, I'll buy big ones from like Costco, grate them up, put them into containers, and freeze it. And they're fantastic for cooking. Such good advice, as always, Rose. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, Kathy. I imagine all of the listeners writing down all these things as you're chatting. Good. If we want for more information, we can go to rosereisman.com or find you on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks so much for this again, Rose. Thanks so much, Kathy. Enjoy the fall. Thank you. Peter Van Dyke is an active community volunteer involved with many local nonprofits and charities. He is also a go-to grandfather of two, grandson Peter and granddaughter Francesca. An audiophile and creative at heart, you'll find him enjoying anything to do with music and painting. Good morning, Peter Van Dyke. Thanks for coming in studio for GoToGrandma this morning. Good morning, Kathy. Thanks for having me. It's so exciting to talk to you about all of the things you have going on. But one of the things you're known for, I think, in your own community of Burlington, but wider than that, is your community engagement. And it's really important to you. Why is it so important to you, Peter? Well, we've been in Burlington our whole lives, never lived anywhere else. And and I watched my dad do it. So dad was there in the background, um, you know, at Boy Scout meetings, fundraising, making sure we got to camps, doing his share of driving. Um, doing the baseball run. So when time came for for us to do, we just kind of followed through and got the kids to basically do what I did with my dad, let them come along. 
And you're sort of carrying that tradition along with your grandkids. Tell me about your grandkids, first of all. Yeah, so thankfully, have, we've got a great relationship with the kids. And, you know, if we stay within our boundaries, <laughs> oh, we, I can, gotcha. we, can, we can have a little <laughs> bit of fun. So, yeah, um, during COVID, it was challenging to do things. So we started taking my grandson along to things. Maybe it was a, a visit here or we did Indigenous Day last, last September and he had a chance to meet an Indigenous youth. So Christmas markets, anything I can so he sees it. And then hopefully he embraces it also. And his father and mother take him places too. And so it just becomes part of his life. It's like he doesn't not know having that as a part of his life, that whole community engagement. And I understand he got to meet someone fairly famous. Yeah, back a year and a half ago, the prime minister did the funding announcement for the daycare. They did that for my son and daughter-in-law's backyard. So uh, my grandson was trained to learn how to shake hands. He greeted the prime minister at the front door and spent some time coloring with the MPs that were in the house. And yeah, it Could was they int- color? Uh, not as well as <laughs> he could, say, yeah. but um, they used a lot of red crayons. Oh, but yeah. uh, but no, but it was a neat, neat experience. So I could, We'll be able to say someday that the three of us have, you know, son, father, and grandson have all met the same prime minister. Kind that's, of a good story. That's very cool. Um, and before we get into the specific causes that you'd like to talk about today, and I'd love to help share that information, do you have any other advice to share with grandparents who want to get their grandkids involved? Now, you live fairly close to yours, I assume. Yeah, so, so, so our kids and grandkids are in Hamilton, so it's fairly close. Mm-hmm. And I would just say um, whatever worked in maybe your families in the past, duplicate what didn't, don't do, and um, just start bringing them along. Mm-hmm. Um, my second one, you know, second son, Edward, when we were volunteering, we didn't start doing it till they were teenagers because of school. And we did a YWCA cooking evening one night. And um, after we were done, he didn't want to go out for dinner. He went home and he ate a sandwich and sat in the house because he now finally realized the privileged lifestyle we came from. Interesting, right? And it takes that sometimes, doesn't it? I've had my kids at food banks and things like that. I drag them along to, you know, run for the cure every yeah, year. Yeah. But again, they know what it's about. And I think that's really the important part of it. So let's get into some of the things that you do, Peter. Tell me about, I really want to know about the fashion fundraiser, No Excuse. Yeah, we we. we do a fashion fundraiser every year at No Excuse Boxing Facility in Burlington, and it's uh, it's to support Halton Women's Place, which is an, a shelter for abused women and their families in Burlington. And it came as an idea out of COVID. Julie Cole and I founded it, and we've raised almost fifty thousand the last two years for Halton Women's Place. And it's it's unbudgeted money. It's a third party event. We kind of come up with it, we finance it, and then when it's all done, we just give the proceeds back. And uh, you know, I, I'd like to you to consider being a model for us next year. Well, that would be fun. That would now. And you mentioned Julie Cole. Julie has been on this show many times, of course, from Mabel's Labels, and she does a lot. She is involved in a lot of fundraising as well, and I know you two are are pretty tight. So that that's a great relationship, a great contact. Yeah, I'm a, a very grateful for that friendship and relationship because we can feed off each other very well, and so she knows where to get hold of you, so you will expect an email okay. then at around Christmas time just to give you some dates, and we'd love to have you participate if you're able. Coastal grandma style? Is that what I'm... Yeah, is that, <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> we, 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 we have never had a grandma walk before, what? so I'll be excited about that. But we've had some of our older business people from Burlington represent all all types of Burlington residents. That's very cool. So, Peter, I need to talk to you a little bit, too, about some of the awards that you've won for your community work. Um, We'll pat yourself on the back a little bit here. So in 2022, the Queen's Platinum Jubilee Community Hero Award. That's quite a mouthful. So what does one have to do to earn this award, Peter? Um, I was nominated by a friend of mine that works with us at the YWCA, and I think it was just uh, done by um, the federal government in recognition.
recognition of the Queen's Jubilee, and I guess they picked 150 community heroes from Burlington. So kind of exciting to be among some of the best people in town and to get that award from our MP, Karina Gould, and our Mayor, Marianne Meadward. And then you also had received, uh, prior to that in 2017, um, a federal government's sesquicentennial citizenship award. So that's a separate sort of thing, I guess. Yeah, they did those, I think, for Canada's 150, and that was Karina Gould, and I think uh, Kathleen Wynn did one also. And again, just recognizing some of us who have kind of been doing this for a long time. Right. And um, in terms of doing it for a long time, what's on the horizon for you? What's your next big event? What are you working on right now? We're going to focus um, on the fashion show for the spring. But right now we've got a walk coming up for Halton Women's Place. And I was fortunate to work with an artist, Tanya LeCarrier, to have a punching bag project done called Second Skin that she created. We have survivors that have marked that bag with their intentions and their feelings. And that bag will be displayed. And our artist will speak as a survivor at that event on the 23rd and 24th of September. Milton the 23rd, Burlington the 24th. If you're registered, come out and see us. And if not, consider supporting Halton Women's Place. And is that the best place to go to really find out about Halton Women's Place and what they do? Yeah, right now in Burlington, that's where I would suggest someone goes if they're looking to get out of a situation. Mm -hmm. There's also another group that Julie and I are involved with called Halton Violence Prevention Council. That's an umbrella organization that has, can you reach out to different, if it's maybe money help, maybe it's trafficking, maybe it's domestic abuse, maybe it's financial. They have an umbrella of all these organizations. We meet quarterly and try to move the pieces where we can. I find from hearing the stories, the hardest part is accessing information and knowing where to go. So if we can get keep that moving, we're doing the right thing. And what kind of donations are the Halton Women's Place looking for? What types of things do they need? So right now, um, we're going to raise money through the walk, mm-hmm. but they'll take furniture donations. They have their own clothing bin outside so that the money, the clothes go right to their ladies going back to work. So we did an interesting thing with Vicki Cooper's team at the fashion show. Vicki Cooper's team is a real estate company in Burlington. They collected back-to-work clothes. Mm, that's a great idea. So, so again, professional clothes and jackets so that the women coming out of these situations can go to a job interview with pride and nice clothes on because quite often they leave literally with the clothes on their backs. So there's a network. We have a, another woman in town that does downsizing, and she always makes sure that anything given away goes right to women's place. We're grateful for some of our business friends who put this front and center every day. That's amazing. There's so much work that you're doing there. Um, is there anything else you'd like to pass on uh, to our listeners in terms of getting your family, your kids? What's the first step when we want to get them volunteering? I think so. I was not a book learner. I think just let them follow you around. My dad would put us in the car on a Saturday. He'd do his rounds. He had a couple of businesses. We learn how to treat people. Mm-hmm. You learn how to respect people. And, and respect isn't just given to the higher ups. It's given to the lower downs, too. And, and if your kids see you do that, um, they'll understand. And, 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 you know, we sit around the table, maybe you two when we were younger, and talk about parents parenting skills. Mm-hmm. We just said, take what worked from our parents. <laughs> and as the Pink Floyd song says, all the rest, you know, don't don't pass it on. And, and if we do that, you know, we've learned from our mistakes, but we can also be better people. The old days of suck it up and take it, they're gone. Let's find a way everybody fits I love and, that. And, and focus on the skills. And I think our kids... If they're given the time, we've got some great future leaders out there with big hearts and and can be some great politicians and leaders of the future in this well, country. And maybe your grandson, since he's already, he already knows half he's the team. He's going to <laughs> French Immersion School, so I hear go. that's the first start. There you go. <laughs> Thanks so much for this today, Peter. Really enjoyed our conversation. I've been talking with Peter Van Dyke, and you can find the Halton Women's Place organization online and, you know, do your part, right? This is what it's all about. Role model and do your part. Thank you for having me, Kathy. Thanks.
Carrie Freestone is an economist at RBC. She is a member of the Macroeconomic Analysis Group and is responsible for monitoring key indicators, including consumer spending, labor markets, GDP, and inflation. Good morning, Carrie. Thanks so much for being part of our Take 5 with RBC interview series. Thanks for having me. We are going to talk about a cross-border economic outlook today. So we all appreciate the economy has been impacted negatively over the past year with continuing interest rate increases and concerns over a recession. We are hoping you are able to tell us where are some positive signs for the upcoming months and what we can look forward to. You're right. The impact of higher interest rates is definitely weighing on the economy and it's weighing on households especially. So before I go into you know the positive signs, I want to unpack this a little bit. The Bank of Canada has raised rates by 475 basis points since last March. And obviously, as more Canadians begin to renew their mortgages, they're definitely feeling the pinch. And, you know, average hourly wages are up by 13% since the start of the pandemic. But many people, especially if they're renewing five-year fixed mortgages, they're seeing a rate increase of at least 25% in their monthly payments. So, you know, just obviously their obligations are, are definitely soaring. The fact that households are feeling squeezed is definitely starting to show up in our economic data as well. We just got Q2 GDP data, and we saw a decline in output that was partially due to a cooling in housing markets, but also because of a pullback in consumption. And on the labor market front, too, we're starting to see the unemployment rate rising, and it's actually risen at the fastest pace outside of the pandemic since 2008. And we're seeing fewer quits and lower job vacancies. But I do want to highlight, you know, that this rebalancing that's, you know, occurring as a result of higher interest rates isn't necessarily a bad thing. So, yes, we actually are expecting a mild recession in the months ahead. I want to emphasize mild, not severe. Inflation, though, has come down. It's just above the top end of the Bank of Canada's target range. And food price growth is finally moderating. I know we were looking looking at that earlier on in the year and just hoping that, that, you know, price growth in groceries would come down, and it is. So higher rates have definitely cooled excess demand, and they're going to help return the economy to balance. And in the absence of these hikes, you know, demand wouldn't have cooled. So, you know, if we're looking for good news, the Bank of Canada's rate hikes do appear to be working. Uh, and also, I think we're just about done with those. So the discussion now is really pivoting to when can we expect to see cuts. And we're looking into next year for those. What would you consider to be the ongoing challenges for us all from an economic indicator perspective? Okay, so in the immediate near term, I would say firms are going to continue to grapple with softer consumer demand. And again, this is coming down to households feeling the squeeze of higher rates as they renew their mortgages or leases if they're renters. This is especially going to weigh on individuals with larger mortgages, those in big cities, you know, younger people who've had less time to make headway on paying down their debt. Overall, you know, even though we're expecting to see exceptional wage growth, we really aren't seeing it keep up with those higher obligations. So that's going to weigh on consumption. I also want to point to housing affordability being a broader economic challenge and continuing to be a challenge. You know, the average monthly cost associated with owning a home in Toronto, for example, is equivalent right now to 79% of the median pre-tax income. And in Vancouver, this number is a lot higher. So we're just facing a challenge right now where we can't bump up the housing stock fast enough to meet the level of demand. And, you know, many parents, too, of adult children right now are helping their adult children buy homes or get into the market because it's harder and harder to get that for them to get into the market themselves. But a challenge right now, you know, is that many, many parents are dipping into their retirement savings to help their younger adult children buy homes. And this is a challenge that's definitely unique to this generation. 
Absolutely. And finally, what is ahead for the Canadian dollar, especially for folks hoping to travel south again in the coming months? And any thoughts on interest rates and maybe real estate? Yeah. So, I mean, in August, we had one cat equal to 74 U.S. cents. And over the past year, it's very much been a story of the U.S. dollar strengthening against the CAD rather than the CAD weakening. So our main question right now is whether, you know, we expect that strength in the U.S. dollar to continue. And I think in the near term, that will be the case because bonds and equities have weakened. And, you know, obviously the U.S. economy is performing quite well. But heading into next year, we do expect the situation to change. So once we start seeing the Fed cut, you know, starting in Q2 and in the back half of this year, uh, or sorry, the back half of 2024, we expect that ACAD will finish off the year at, you know, roughly 76 U.S. cents. So we definitely think it will improve. I touched on rate expectations. So obviously we expect that the Fed will cut starting in Q2, and we do expect that the Bank of Canada will start to cut in Q3 of next year. Right now, we don't expect any more interest rate hikes for different reasons. In the U.S., you know, inflation pressures are moderating, and in Canada, we're seeing growth slowing. So for both of those reasons, you know, we don't see central banks having to hike additionally. So, you know, what does that mean for housing? We think that 2023 is going to continue to be a softer year, um, and that's just because we're still seeing the impact of higher rates playing out. But next year, as we start to see cuts take place, you know, we think resale activity will bounce back and prices will do so as well. Thank you so much for this today, Carrie, for your outlook. If we want more information, of course, we can go to rbcbank.com. Thanks again for this today. Thanks for having me. Elephants and grandchildren never forget. Andy Rooney. This is so true. I know my three-year-old grandson, Owen, reminds me of the things I've said and done, good and bad, all the time. And if we can pass on the memory of doing something with our grandkids for the community, that has to be a good thing. Thanks to Peter for sharing his experience with us. And thanks to Rose for helping us to reduce food waste, which is also a good thing for our grandkids to remember. Next week on GoToGrandma, we have double trouble heading our way. Stuart Reynolds and his mom, Bette Reynolds, are a social media force. You might know Stuart as Brittle Star, and you might know Bette as Granny Reynolds. If you're on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, basically any social media channel. I'm going to chat with both of them and find out about Stuart's instant best-selling book, Welcome to the Stupid Apocalypse: Survival Tips for the Dumbageddon, and why Bette's the coolest grandma on the internet. You won't want to miss this fun show. They will have you laughing and thinking. And are you sure you've thought of everything when it comes to your estate planning? Our Take 5 with RBC interview reviews the most common things people forget when they're putting together their will. You'll want to remember to tune in for that. Thanks for dropping in today. I hope you'll be here next week for another episode of GoToGrandma. I'm Kathy Buckworth. Enjoy your grand journey. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Instagram at Kathy Buckworth. Or email her, kathy at kathybuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.